Welcome to Scent 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Everybody, we're back. Good morning, good morning, or wherever you are in the world. Yes, good morning. Yes. Matthew, what's been going on with you, man? Oh, not much. Same old, same old. Just doing a lot of work. Really happy that we're getting some music that's about to come out and um, happy to share it with everybody. Well, can I share a couple of tidbits of Matthew and Sarah? Matt, is it true that you studied sound at MIT? Yes. That's not everybody, right? And Sarah, is it true that you're working on a movie? That sounds more exciting than it is. <laughs> yeah, well, there's work. I know for me, I just get to sit down here, talk to my friends, and uh, then I go home and I go back to work. Uh, you guys do incredible work behind the scenes. Well, so do you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Come yeah, on. you're selling yourself short here a little bit, Kevin. <laughs> I don't think so, but that's okay if you think so. By the way, one of the hardest working people that I know is our guest today, Neil Hoffman, my friend. Oh, I appreciate that very much. Welcome to the show. Oh, yeah, thank you. You know one thing that's exciting, Neil, uh, about this? I mean, we're going to get to know you a little bit better, but Sarah and I have agreed that although you are an excellent pastor of an excellent church, we're talking to a regular guy, as regular as you get. Yeah. Um, because so many times, I think, when we bring pastors on, and man, they've got deep truths, and but people go, ah, it's pastor. I can't be like pastor. Mark, I can't be like Pastor Neil and all that, but we want to dig into the regular person in this conversation. I really am regular. You know, my wife's always telling me, Neil, you're just so mediocre. And my, <laughs> oh my goodness. she's such I'm a great judge of character. I love Heather. She's wonderful. She doesn't say I'm regular, but I appreciate that. That is a very good compliment. Yeah. I think it makes sense. And as we're talking today, what we're going to share and some of the stuff that you and I have talked about and Sarah in conversations, these are so applicable to our lives. These yeah. are, man, I can pick that up. I can go right. do that. And then people that know you really will go, well, if Neil could do it, I could do it. Well, let me just say something, you, you know, so often in our Christian Christian walk, we complicate things. Our Christian walk actually is pretty simple. Bible says the things, we just got to follow them. So everything is doable. We need to stop complicating things. You know, we build walls of fear yeah. and uh, what could go wrong. Right. And most of the time, <laughs> this tapestry of like horrible scenarios. Yeah. I think people can relate to that. For sure. And we're going to dig into more of that. But before we dig more into that, we just want to know what is your testimony? How did you come to God? What's your story? Yeah. My testimony really is the testimony of good parents. Let me just tell you that. I grew up with two parents that were absolutely wonderful, that modeled Jesus and told me about him. Before I even knew who God was, I already loved him because I saw him modeled through my parents. Mm -hmm. So at eight years old, um, I was at my great grandpa's house and I was talking to my mom about something that was said in Sunday school. And I said, I want to give my life to the Lord. And at eight years old, I gave my life to the Lord and it was real. And I've never looked back. It has changed me, not of this world, starting at eight. I really never jumped into any of the things that you see people get caught up in the world. My testimony, it's a neat one in that it's a testimony of never falling away. Yeah. When God says, you know, all the conditional promises of the Bible, I'm living in those promises. It's been an absolute wonderful life. And here I am today because of the decision I made at eight and all the decisions that came out of that one decision. Now I'm sitting here, a pastor at a church, beautiful wife, great marriage, five kids. And I am blessed because I honored God at his word. You know, Sarah's a little behind you in years, but it's really similar to your testimony, isn't it, Sarah? 
in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you gave your life to the Lord early and you mm-hmm. stuck with him even when you might have had to wrestle with some stuff. And I know my experience, I fell in love with Jesus very, very young and very, very big. But the cares of the world and all the, hey, this is like Dan Dealing says, mm-hmm. you know, it's it was fun. But something that tastes good in the mouth is sour in the belly, mm. like, like Proverbs says. So it's so good to know that Number one, as parents, we can help with that. And number two, like I'm not the never fell away kind of guy. I did that the Lord is just so faithful. Neil, what would you say is some of the reasons you didn't fall away? Like, why did you stick it out? Because I know for me, you know, I had seasons where I thought about it and I had to come to that decision. And I came to a point for me personally where I was like, this isn't just what my parents gave me. This is mine and my own. And I knew it, even though it happened beforehand. What, What was that process for you? So like you said, it really starts with your parents. And um, I remember this one specific time in my life where I felt like I made my decision to follow him. It wasn't my parents' decision over me. I was a sophomore in high school and my friends started going to parties. There was a lot of drinking. One of my friends was a couple years older than me and got this girl uh, pregnant. And I remember one specific night, I'm laying in my bed, toiling with the thought that if I continue this close friendship with these guys, I'm going to be just like them. The Bible says that. Bad company corrupts good moral. I knew that was going to be my trajectory, but I didn't want it. And I remember telling God this. I remember saying, God, I don't want to be like them, but I know if I continue my life with them, I will follow them. So I'm willing to switch my friends, and I may got a deal, but you make sure that I'm not lonely. And I remember that. I mean, it's one of the things that have been ingrained in my head because I think that it was at that moment where the weight was on me now. It wasn't just modeling my parents. It was on me, and I had a decision to make. And here's the interesting thing. I make that deal with God, which I don't always suggest making (laughs) deals with God. He doesn't need to make deals with us back. That next Tuesday at high school group, a kids started coming to our high school ministry named Jeremy Miller, which Kevin, do you know this guy, Jeremy Miller? I am intimately acquainted with Jeremy Miller. <laughs> so your son, this is when you started coming, to, I believe, to this church. Yeah, well, is. Jeremy comes to high school group and we hit it off flawlessly. And Jeremy has been my best friend since then, all the way up until today. Yeah. But here's the thing, that deal I made with God, I don't want to be lonely. God brought Jeremy. Mm. And I tell Jeremy all the time, that a lot of um, the spirituality that I have, the, the moving close to God was because in high school, I had a friend that drew me closer to God. Thank you for sharing that. I think too, it's good for parents to know and to hear that, that you raise your kids right, but you also give them space to make it their own. I'm thankful my parents did that. They did it specifically. Another time that you shared with us yesterday when we were kind of prepping for this conversation, you talked about when you were 18 and you were at a conference and this guy said something and you had come in and shared it with us because it really is applicable to sharing your faith. Could you talk about that experience? Yeah, absolutely. I was at a conference at 18 years old. It was basically you graduate high school. Now you have to go into adult life and this is going to kind of help you create your worldview. And I was in one of the meetings with a guy named Marquet Hill and he said two things that I've just never forgotten. They've just, they've been with me forever. He read a specific verse. This is 1 Peter 3.14. He read this. He was talking about evangelism. And he reads this. He says, uh, but even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. And he, and he goes to the next verse basically saying, but always be ready to give an account 
of the hope that is in you. He said something that really made a big difference. It says it right there. If you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. With evangelism, one of our big things is we're afraid to suffer. We're afraid to be rejected. We're afraid to be persecuted. We're afraid to tell people about Jesus because we don't know how they're going to react. But right here in this verse, it says, if you are rejected, you are blessed. And then, and then check this out. If they accept your words, you are blessed. So for us in the realm of evangelism, it's win-win. There is no lose. Either we're blessed or we're blessed. And it's so funny because we have fear about being blessed. <laughs> you know? Okay, wait, I'm going to give you one more thing he said because I love this part. He said, when I get to heaven, in regards to reading the scripture, I think of it like this. I've got tickets to this show. It's called the show of heaven. And I can give people tickets because I believe that God has created opportunities in my life where I'm supposed to share about God. And there are these tickets that I have. And I've made a commitment a long time ago that when I get to heaven, I'm going to reach into my pockets and my pockets are going to be empty. That's how I want to live every opportunity that God gives me to be blessed, to share his salvation. I want to give away every single one of those tickets. Now, those people have, have to go to the show or not. Yeah. My job is to go to heaven without any tickets in my pocket. <laughs> and how did that change from that moment? Because you were like 18-ish. How did that affect the way you had shared your faith before to after? What did that kind of transformation, if there was one, look for you? Yeah, it really came down on one thing. It's when we've alluded to it already, fear. There is a fear inside of us. We are afraid of what people are going to say to us. We want them to think of us a certain way. And so we live this Christian life, but we're afraid to go farther than that. And what it did, and especially that next year, because I'm going to tell you what happened when I was 19 and, and my first year at Grossmont, I started to develop this understanding that you know that saying overcome your fear yeah that's baloney I just do things afraid. Do things afraid. If I waited until I overcame my fear, I would do nothing that mattered. I would have no lasting success. No one would come to the Lord because there's always some level of fear. We need to stop trying to overcome our fear. We just need to do things with a little bit of fear inside of us and see how God uses us. So at 19 years old, I'm at Grossmont College and there's this kid in my class named Evan. And during that entire semester, Evan and I started becoming friends. And I knew that the Lord had placed me, I knew this, the Lord had placed me in his life to share Jesus with him. And every class twice a week, I toiled with that thought. <laughs> and the fear came over me. What would he think? You know, all of these things. And it is one of my great regrets in life. I think about Evan often, actually. I'm, I'm 38 now, and this is 20 years ago. And I think about him often. I never told him about Jesus. I never invited him to church. I never took that next step with him. I let fear steal, not from me, but from him. And I never want to do that again. Mm. I think about him a lot. Where is he? Is he alive? There's so, I hope God puts someone inside of his life and on his path that already knew at that time that no matter what you do, you're blessed. You know, those kind of, I don't know, we kind of refer to them as failures. They hurt and they can last long. As right. long as you can turn those into motivation. Was it? Yeah, it was Marty Wilson. We'll do better next time, Marty. And so it sounds like it had that impact on you. Absolutely had that impact. 
When the Lord motivates you, he compels you, like Paul says, like he did with Evan, but more so other times where it really did work. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the things that you've mentioned to us is when it says in 1 Peter 3.15, you need to see uh, a reason for the hope in us. It's because there are kingdom principles that are at work. You said something to me that stuck, which is the people far from God need to see these kingdom principles. Can you expand on that a bit? There's a whole kingdom economy. I mean, God has done so much in our lives that a lot of us Christians just take for granted because we've just seen it going on in our lives for so long. But the world doesn't understand it. We need to let the kingdom, our kingdom lives, play out inside of the Mm. world. They need to see generosity they haven't seen before. They need to see love they haven't seen before. They need to see people going out of their way that they have not seen before. And that's that's what we have in the church. It's it's the kingdom of God. And I'm a surfer and I've been buying all my surfboards from this one particular guy for years now. And the Lord has knit my heart to him before he even knew that the Lord knit my heart. I had this connection and this love for this guy that I pray for him often. This one time, you know, when you never know if the Lord's talking to you or not, you're like, did the Lord really say that? This one time the Lord tells me he wants me to buy a surfboard for one of my close friends that's in the ministry. And uh, this close friend just had really old stuff because he spent all of his time, he dedicated his life to the Lord. And so the Lord told me, I want you to buy him a new board. And that's hard because I want to buy me a new board. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even have enough money to buy me a new board, let alone this guy a new board. And so for about three months, I toiled with this, this idea. Is this God? I don't have money to do this, but I decided to do something dangerous. I shared it with my wife and my wife's like, we don't have any money, but we are packing that away. We're thinking about that. And so we did. And about, I mean, it couldn't have been more than two weeks later, I get some money that I wasn't planning on getting. And would you know, it's the exact same (laughs) amount of money that was needed to buy a surfboard for this. (laughs) This is the kingdom of God. This is God's work. So I call my friend who I've been praying for and I have been inviting to church, my surfboard supplier. And I tell him, hey, here's a deal. I want to buy this this guy uh, a new surfboard. And, And the guy says, why? Because I feel like the Lord told me God wants to support this guy in his ministry by buying him this new board. And, and the guy's like, okay, well, come on down. Just both of you guys. I was like, no, 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 no. I want to do this anonymously. It's don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And he's like, what is that? Why would you do that? Why? Because the world wants to get the recognition. They want the recognition of generosity. There's other motives involved, but it's not the way with the kingdom of God. So I go and, and I tell him, no, I want this to be absolutely anonymous. I'm going to give you the money. You're going to call this guy. You're going to say, come down a person who's nameless just bought you this board. So he's like, okay, whatever. So I drive down to the store and it gets better because we need to let the kingdom of God be visible in front of people that don't know it. So I pull up and I get out of my truck and he's standing outside of the surf shop talking to one of my close friends. Another one, a different yeah, one. Yeah, that has no idea what's, okay. what's going on. So I walk up and, and this guy's like, um, hey, what are you doing here, Neil? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna uh, buy a surfboard. And he says, oh, Brad, what kind? I was like, oh, you know, I don't really know yet. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. And now I'm putting it on a podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this other guy, the surfboard, um, we're just going to call him Brad because it just makes it easier. Brad says, no, no, no. He's buying a surfboard for some other guy and he doesn't even want the guy to know about it. And then my friend says, wait, what? And I give him a little bit of details. And this is that kingdom of God. Come out. He sits there and he says, I'm in for half. <laughs> so in front of this guy that, that doesn't know the kingdom of God and how powerful and how wonderful the family of God is, he watches this other guy that was just there to buy something small jump in because he felt the love. And this was so neat. This guy, Brad, says, wait a second. 
this is nuts. Okay, fine. Now I'm in. I'm going <laughs> to give this guy, I'm, I'm going to buy him a leash and fins. So he jumped into this kingdom of God because yeah. he was so moved when he saw it. And here's the neat thing is that that day, my relationship with him changed a little bit. Yeah. Maybe a couple weeks later or a month later, he was going through some family problems. And of all the people he knows, of all the people that are connected to him, he calls that one guy that he has seen the kingdom of God involved in. Mm -hmm. And I get to go there and help him. I get to be there for him and I get to, to stand his place. You know, the kingdom of God is contagious. Mm -hmm. It's upside down and people don't understand it. It's amazing. When you're telling me this story, I see so many kingdom principles that are happening. And it reminded me, a guy from our church with a foothills church decal moves in on our block and my neighbors who are not Christians are like oh dude this guy's gonna be fabulous because he <laughs> goes where Kevin goes it's so good I'm so excited I'm going oh I hope he lives up to the high standards <laughs> but man they've got a, an idea of the kingdom because they've seen it in you they well and they've seen it in other ones so it's just so cool that you know he's seeing it when I was talking to my son-in-law Ryan who wanted to take my daughter's hand in marriage after about a four-hour bike ride we sat down we we're having coffee and i said so what's up with you and god i knew that he had a family christian relationship and he goes well, you know what when i visited your church i heard pastor mark say there's a difference between seeing the kingdom and entering the kingdom and now i want to enter the kingdom and they have and that's exactly this right now this guy is seeing the kingdom but your other buddy who went in for halves he's entered the kingdom yeah. you know and he's in on it this is so so good and so applicable to all of us. I just want to point out, I was talking to someone recently. They were basically sharing with me just how sometimes they feel like they're not doing much for God. Yeah. And I think that's a common mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And I was telling them how underrated kindness is. Yeah. And just like you were talking about generosity and kindness is at play. And I think sometimes we forget what is the kingdom, because like you said, it can be so normal to us, that goodness yeah. of God. But the Bible is clear that God is good and he is full of goodness and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, yeah. all these things, they're actually fruit of his spirit. And I think you can exhibit parts of that without being a Christian. You can have pieces of that because God put his nature into us as right. humans. But living in it and it being a regular thing that you're sharing with people, that's a whole other level and it stands out to people. Well, and especially when it is combined with battling in the heavenlies, mm -hmm. right? Because you've been praying for this person and the Lord is massaging your heart for, for his love for him. So it's combining that character of Jesus and looking like Jesus and living a life that compels questions. Mm -hmm. This guy's asking Neil, why on earth would you, do, why right. wouldn't you want credit for that? And we all know that this isn't puffing up Neil because he hesitated and wanted the surfboard in the first place for himself. This is a regular <laughs> guy stuff that people really, really, truly can do. I just want to end that story with this. It's good to show kindness. It's good to show them the kingdom. It's good to live out Jesus. But we tend to do that for way too long. We tend to just live it out with without using our words to invite them to what we have. We're always wondering, how the heck do we do this? I just said, hey, listen, Brad, I've been to your place of work. I've been to your mom's house. When are you gonna come to my place of work? So I think I've invited him like nine times and all nine times he said he was gonna come. He didn't, but he said he was going. That's where he's at right now and you're sticking with him. Yeah. 
and so peeling this onion so that people are seeing into the lives of a regular guy, Neil Hoffman, I personally know, and a lot of our listeners know about Ryden's story and how just being who you are and him being who he was in the struggle of his birth and everything right. like that. And it just affected the whole hospital and everything. Yeah. You know, it's not even something about how deep you are in the Lord. It's being who you are. And Ryden is Neil's son and he has special needs. And he is a, an evangelist. We, we call him special abilities. Yeah, <laughs> super, superpowers. But yeah, uh, we let the kingdom out in the hospital. It was neat. I know I've shared this from the pulpit before, but we've had nurses fighting to be in Ryden's room because they said the feeling in that room was different than anywhere in the hospital. And this was a kid that was dying. This was like they saved these rooms for the worst worst cases. And we had uh, a nurse, one nurse say to my wife, I know how to treat my husband because I see the way that you guys treat each other. I mean, it was really incredible what happened with the kingdom of God in that place. So this is a great one. My son is seven years old and he's got cerebral palsy. He is non-verbal and he is an evangelist. Let me tell you how. This is my favorite. So he's got this speech therapist that comes over and she's not a Christian. She knows we are. And her job is to communicate with my son through an iPad. He has an iPad and he can press the buttons and they have different words. And this is the evangelist of a seven-year-old right now. They're in the room and they're talking and we can hear them because the door is open and she's like, okay, what do you want to do? And she pulls the iPad and he says, I want to watch a show, Salty. Now, if you guys don't remember who Salty is, neither did this lady. She said, hey, uh, Heather, what is Salty? And Heather had this thought, oh, do I really want to go through this whole thing? Do I, do I want to explain to her? Do I just want to tell her, oh, just put on Blue's Clues, right? That's the easy way out. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm going to see what, what Ryden does. So she says, Salty is um, a show. It's a Christian. Uh, it's like a singing hymn book. And you could find him on YouTube. And she's like, well, let's do it. Right. And do you want to watch Salty? And he goes, Salty, Salty, Salty <laughs> on, on this thing. She pulls it up on YouTube. And they're Christian songs. And it's like, God is so good. And this speech therapist, her job is to engage with this kid. So she's like, oh, I love this song. This is wonderful. God is so good. And she is singing, God is so good. He's so good to me. And she's like, isn't he good? Isn't he good, right? And because she is trying to engage this kid. And I know that inside, Ryden's going, moo hoo ha 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 And God is up in heaven smiling. And then, and then after the song plays, this little girl gets on and she says, God takes away our sins. And this speech therapist says, Ryden, does God take away our sins? And then the little girl says, she ta he takes away all of our sins so that we can live with him in heaven. And she's like, Ryden, do we get to live in heaven? <laughs> you don't have to be a pastor to be an evangelist. No. You just have to have a heartbeat. That's the only thing you need. Like Jesus's being more and more as he loves you and have you spent time with him, being who he has called you and created you to be. Mm -hmm. And Ryden's doing a really good job of that. I can only imagine when something hard is going on in that speech therapist's life, she's going to have in her head, God is so good. I know. So maybe good. that is exactly what she needed at that moment. Yeah. And what I love about that story is you just touched on Kevin. It's just Ryden is just being who he is. He loves Salty. He loves the show. And when you just let God come out of you, when it's a part of who you are, he just comes out and it's attractive. It draws people in because it is the Lord 
It's the Holy Spirit drawing them. Mm. And they can't help because of their love or connection with you that they're like, wait, I want a piece of that. And they start to see it. And I'm excited to hear where that one goes for sure. You know, somebody said, and I actually do this, being very intentional and sometimes it's little things. And so I'm intentional about taking out my trash. And it may have been you, Neil, where you took out your trash so that you could meet your neighbor taking out your trash. I would wait. I would wait for him to do it so I could run it out. It's so funny because I took out my trash on Monday. That's when I take it out. And my neighbor across the street, who I've had the the honor to share Jesus with, he goes, Kevin, 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 thank you for being my alarm to take out my trash. And so he starts (laughs) taking out his trash because I'm taking out my trash. And I really truly believe, and Sylvia is the one that told me this, he wants to engage. So we intentionally take out our trash so that our neighbors will intentionally take out our trash. And there's a kingdom principle. You should get some like money from waste management for this. (laughs) Except we're with Edco now. Don't want to be talking trash now. We don't want that. Yeah. But I think it's just that concept of allowing people into your world and bringing them into your world. Yeah. And that does look like the kingdom Mm -hmm. looks like those principles, but even those simple things like you're talking about with taking out the trash. They want to know about this hope that w- is within us. And I think it was Destiny who said, do things that are inconvenient. I mean, Neil still had half the money for the surfboard because the other guy paid half because he was obedient to give the whole thing. And he got half back. It's like right. a Jesus rebate. It's awesome. <laughs> it's win-win. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is coming full circle. There's one thing I wanted to ask you about letting people into your lives and just letting them see who you are, even in the struggles with riding. Mm-hmm. I mean, they saw you at a hard, hard time, the hardest time maybe in your entire life. But you mentioned to me a while back about a, a vacation that you went on and it was such a perfect example of people seeing the kingdom. About a year and maybe a half ago, my family and another family decided we, we were going to go on vacation together and we rent two, we have two houses with one house in the middle of us. So so we had one house in the middle and there was some people in this house. They were just on vacation too. We were on vacation, but I don't take vacation from being a Christian. Yeah. I don't take vacation from kingdom principles. God is in every part of our lives. And so we're down there and we're just being us. We're not doing anything different. And this couple that was in the house in between us started hanging out with us and doing life and they, they'd ask questions you know and, and I love this is my favorite thing to tell people that I'm a pastor because mm-hmm. then it leads me into all these other things so I tell him I'm a pastor and he's like well how do you know that you were supposed to be a pastor and I said the Lord told me and and he's like I'm really I was like yeah I just I knew that I was supposed to because I felt the Lord tell me and that was the end of that conversation he didn't want to go any further no problem that night he comes to me and he says hey I've been thinking about something you said that the Lord told you to be a pastor how did you know the Lord said it? And I said, well, it was a feeling that came outside of my mind. It wasn't where I thought I was going in life. And I felt God's presence in it. And then he says, oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Why do I have goosebumps all over me right now? What is this? And I said, that's, that's the Holy Spirit on you. You know, he's calling you right now. And I'm like, the the Lord is, it says that he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks and anybody that opens the door that he will come in. And this guy's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay, I need to stop talking about this. I don't know what this feeling is. I was like, okay, we can stop. So then the next morning we're all going out fishing and 
he's coming with us and he says, hey, I need to understand that feeling that I had yesterday. And I started explaining it to him and I thought, oh, yay, we're not going fishing for fish. I'm literally fishing for men right here on the ocean. So I said, do you want to make that decision? And he says, I need to, I need to wait. And he talked to my wife and I said, okay, that's fine. But remember, this is your decision. Even if she doesn't want to, you can still make it. So uh, I don't see them the rest of that day they leave and we're leaving the next day. This is that point that, that you got to let people see the kingdom inside of you. You've got to let them see all of Christianity inside of you. It's not necessarily always meeting them where they're at. It's letting them see where we're at. So we're in my living room and both him and his wife walk in and they're holding hands and they're crying and they say, we don't know what it is that you have, but we want it. And right there in the living room, on vacation, we lead them to Jesus. But here's the kicker. Here's what they say after. They say, when you guys got here, everything got lighter. When my family and their family got here, everything got lighter. And we were so afraid that when you guys left, everything would get dark again. We need to let people see the kingdom of God around them. We can't just let them see it. We need to talk about it. And I talked about it to him and I told him I couldn't wait to say Christian things around him because that's step two. We get stuck at step one, being kind, being nice, being considerate. Step two and three is let them see the kingdom. Tell them about the kingdom and let them know it's for them. I think it just goes back to when you are truly like we talked about with Raiden as an example, when you are really living who you are, it's not hard to be open about the fact that you're a Christian because it's so part of who you are. When you're getting to know someone, it's going to come out because yeah. like you said, Neil, you love being able to say that you're a pastor. I remember in college, and I think I've shared this on the show before, I would just tell people like, they would be like, oh, what do you like to do? And I was in youth ministry. So I said, like, oh, I spend a lot of time at church. I love it. And it opened up things. It wasn't this weird thing. I was just being me. They were just being them. And there was these kingdom moments that got to happen. It's been said throughout this episode. We make it too big sometimes in our head. We, yeah, we get, complicate it. Yeah, yeah, we complicate it. And it's just like, if you're truly being who you are, you're going to share the Lord because that's a part of who you are. It's simple. We have to remember, if we tell them about Jesus and they reject it, we're blessed. And if they accept it, oh man, we're blessed. That's how simple evangelism is. Just try to bless yourselves. <laughs> let's all, if you're listening, just let's all go to heaven without any tickets in our pockets. You know what? We don't do this every episode, but I really feel compelled to really pray for the people that are listening right now, wherever they are at in these stories, whether they're traveling in bad company or they're not verbalizing their faith, or maybe they just need to see that Jesus is everywhere they go. Neil, would you just pray for the people that are listening to absolutely, us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Father, right now I've just we all just lift over lift up everybody that is listening to this podcast right now. Lord, would you give them your eyes and your understanding? You put people in their lives and you make divine opportunities and appointments for all of them to tell others about you. And I pray right now that, that even this week, Lord, that every one of those appointments would be filled, Father, that, that the people listening would feel your leading on them to certain coworkers, maybe to certain family members, maybe to a random guy at a gas station. Lord, we just pray right now that you would give them your 
your eyes to see it. And we pray you'd give them courage and boldness, Lord. Let fear take take aside, Lord. Let them just do things with a little bit of fear inside so that they can receive the blessing, whichever blessing that is going to be. Amen. Amen. Yeah, there's that old Newsboys song. The quote from the song that I love is, wherever we go, that's where the party's at. (laughs) (laughs) Neil, you are a guy that brings the party of the kingdom wherever he goes, you and your family. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for telling us your stories, but also for sharing the failure because it's obvious that that is now a big motivator for you in the successes that you've also got to see. Thank you for having me, guys. Remember, you're sent with the king.